Applications for the Techstars Tech Central Sydney Accelerator Class of 2024 are closing on the 22nd of May. I'm Kirsten Hunter, the Managing Director of Techstars Sydney, and I'm looking for diverse and unstoppable founders who are using technology to solve the world's biggest problems to join this Accelerator cohort. The 12 successful businesses will get access to our 13-week mentor-driven accelerator, $120,000 US investment, and access to the Techstars network for life. Head to our Accelerator webpage to learn more and to apply. Hi, I'm Adam Spencer, founder of the Day One Network, which is bringing the history of the Australian startup ecosystem to you. I believe in founders. It's why I do everything I do at Day One and our media company, W2D1 Media. And that's why the Day One Network exists, to create helpful content for founders. We've got some great shows in development, but a large part of what we do couldn't be done without support from our partners and sponsors. And I couldn't be happier than to be working with NTP, who get community better than any other technology recruitment company out there. A Newcastle company like mine, NTP, are invested in seeing the growth of the local tech community in Newcastle, Sydney, and more broadly, Australia. So thank you, NTP, for helping us bring helpful content to founders and the startup community in Australia. Back to the interview. Hi, I'm Adam Spencer and welcome to Day One, the podcast that spotlights Australian startups, founders, and the organizations that empower Australian entrepreneurship. We go back to the beginning to tell the story of Australia's most inspiring founders and how they built their companies. You're listening to a special interview series as part of a documentary W2D1 is producing about the history of the Australian startup ecosystem. This episode was conducted by guest host, Alex Carpenter. On the episode today, we have... My name is Alan O'Connor. I'm with the University of South Australia. In particular, I'm co-executive director for the Centre for Enterprise Dynamics in Global Economies. The type of work I do is fundamentally education in entrepreneurship and research in well, what I call more broadly enterprise dynamics with an understanding of entrepreneurship being, being a change agent within an economy, within a market, within a region. Enterprise dynamics translates pretty well to entrepreneurship, really. And so when did you start getting involved in, I suppose, the startup scene, however you define that? Mm, that's an interesting question. I, I know you're kind of looking at uh, how this operates from around 2010, but my background to this goes back further. I first started getting involved in this scene through having worked with industry and particularly being in a, a business development role and seeing that the nature of the industry is changing, the nature of technologies were changing. And I got really interested in innovation and how a company should be behaving with innovation or looking at innovation and capitalizing on innovation. Through that, I kind of stumbled into a course which was called a Master of Enterprise Innovation at Swinburne University. And once I started that course, which was motivated by learning about innovation for a company, I suddenly found there was this whole world which I didn't know about or, or didn't really have a clue or an inkling or had seen anything much about, which was this whole world of startups and venture capital and R&D and commercialization. And it was just a whole new world. And that was around early 90s that that really started to come into my view. But then I guess later on, that actually got me interested in the entrepreneurship side of the innovation and entrepreneurship area. 
and back then, how big, like how many people were like you hanging around this kind of concept? Mm-hmm. Hard to quantify. And I wouldn't even hazard a guess of what that was, except I would say it tended to, uh, and maybe because I was at a university when I discovered it, but it certainly was something that hovered around the university community, particularly around the commercialization of technology. So if you like, if you wanted to think about that as uh, the size of the community being related to the number of people who were involved in commercializing technology out of universities, it was a pretty small community, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, definitely. And and I suppose at that time, like the big thing would have been like Wi-Fi and that would have spurred a whole bunch of interest around how how do we do that again? And and that continues today. (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly right. And and in fact, this was even pre this because there was not an internet to speak of, you know, and it was really before that started to happen. And I I know that uh, one of the questions you might be interested in is what kind of companies were around at that time. And it's more like the companies of uh, Cochlear and ResMed were the kind of entrepreneurial companies at that time. And then the whole notion of uh, the startup community and internet and Wi-Fi started to come through late 90s and into the 2000s where we had the crash, the dot-com crash of uh, 2001. And that changed that scene dramatically from being kind of more medical companies into uh, more high-tech communications, internet-driven technologies. Hmm. I mean, how did the transition happen, though? Because it's like it, if you're starting out with, you know, the cochleas, the medical space, the the research commercialization, all that stuff kind of continues, but it's certainly not the predominant thing in the ecosystem now. Hmm. And now it's kind of grown into this very broad sense of technology. When did that start to really happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that really came through because when you reflect on a broad uh, state of technology, Lots of times that is connected to digital communications and digitization, if you like. So that kind of movement around 2001 with the advent of the, the internet, the advent of opening up different types of market, which you could operationalize in terms of long tails, for instance, in markets that were inaccessible before, you couldn't do it profitably. There was a shift in technology which enabled a different approach or a different view on growth ventures. And that fast rise of technologies actually opened up all sorts of other businesses, you know, Airbnb and YouTube and <laughs> and those sorts of things. But the earlier ones were Google and Yahoo. They were the big darlings of the markets, you know. But you've, you've got all sorts of others now because, because that technology has opened up new markets to for other people. Mm. I mean, the opportunities kind of keep growing and that, mm. that's what the space is, uh, keeps it so exciting, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. From your take, where do you see the, the biggest gaps? Because obviously if the ecosystem has developed that much in, in your time, surely a lot of those gaps must have been filled and you, you would have seen you know, things that you wanted back in the 90s and, and now surely we have some of them, don't we? Uh, to a certain extent, yes. I mean, the big thing that, that, that really has changed with the opening up of technology, with the growth of awareness of what entrepreneurship is, that has actually led to the furnishing of different aspects, different functions, different parts of, of the community being built up. But I think when you talk about the, the biggest gap, I think there is still a gap between those in the know and those who don't. So I, I think just as a, a general community sense, remember I, I said I got into this community unknowing 
clearly not aware of the kind of things that, that were going on in the startup world. And I think that's still very much the, the case today. When I look at in, look at smaller businesses or, or businesses in, in growth who really aren't aware of the uh, necessarily uh, the market opportunities that, that new tech and new the growth opportunities that come through that startup community really deliver. I think there's there's still a gap there in terms of just awareness of how entrepreneurship and innovation are both so important, so critical to driving a business's growth period, <laughs> if you like. And I, I, I do think between the startup community and the general population of businesses, there's still a gap. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I'm wondering if you if you see a similar thing going on in schools though because if you've got first year university students coming in are they you know as excited as you think they should be about entrepreneurship and innovation um generally i'll just put my educators hat on just for a moment just to, to really think about the people coming through our programs we see growth in our programs because I think the generational shift is that there is an awareness of the fact that you know there is no security in a, a job anymore. They can expect that they will be changing careers. And the visibility of the companies like Amazon and Google and Uber, et cetera, and their growth is much more in the popular domain, if you like. So those companies are not far off the radar for the younger generation coming through. So with that, that sparks an interest. Oftentimes, they don't. It isn't uh, in the university sector, at least. People generally across a business program, you would find that they're not necessarily aware that there is an approach to learn this, and it's almost like, oh, it might be there, but it's beyond me. So uh, it's not until they start to see that there is a program and start to see uh, where an idea shapes into an opportunity and then becomes a, a new venture um, in its own right. It's not until you start to see that, that you then see them switch on to the fact, well, perhaps this is something for me. So if you like, coming through, there's not a strong awareness that it is something within people's grasp. But as they start to start to see uh, the opportunity there, I think it, it does tend to reshape them a little bit. It's a very exciting thing to see. I, I've, I've experienced that that dawning of like, oh, I, I suppose I am kind of able to follow in the footsteps of the people that have done it before because they started out in university as well, most of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if that's some of the good stuff that's going on like what what about even bigger than that like what are we doing really well as an ecosystem that, that you think you could brag to you know the other ecosystems like in israel and germany and london is there anything that we could be bragging about right now Mm, certainly, the momentum behind entrepreneurship is growing. So you've you've got here in South Australia, you've got uh, the Lot 14, which is a, a big initiative here to really drive that, uh, drive entrepreneurial behaviour. Where you've got a community space or a community hub, if you like, that that actually that gives a, a focus point, if you like, for the entrepreneurial community, entrepreneurship community. So I, I think the, the growth in uh, these types of initiatives. And, um, you know, if you, and if you look around each of the capital cities, they each have this kind of momentum growing. Uh, I think we are a bit of a different country in terms of uh, we, we are a very relatively lightly populated country with huge landmass. So that gives us quite a, a, a large spread of 
area to cover, and you get the you get you get the the cities where you're getting the the real hub of entrepreneurial activity. So I think that in itself is is uh, something to to say we're doing well. I guess on the flip side of that is how we join that all up is the next challenge because because we are a, a, a smaller country in, in terms of population and uh, with this land mass, how do we actually get the, the critical mass to actually um, really uh, drive entrepreneurship where, where it's countries like Israel, smaller place, uh, large population in a smaller place you, and uh, fairly defined country parameter uh, and different types of drivers behind their entrepreneurship uh, that gives them an advantage on that front. But I think our hubs our, uh, of activity in the capital cities are the things that actually will define us eventually. And really, uh, as we start to think about how they join up and how we get uh, uh, the strength of entrepreneurship across the country, I think you'll you'll start to see Australia coming to the fore in, in entrepreneurial ventures, not to say we don't already. <laughs> mm. Very true, very true. I mean, I think I think we're punching well above our weight if uh, if you think about it. But I, I, yeah, I, I'd agree. We've got to uh, develop the hubs more and get them better integrated, but also potentially more specialised. And that that's one of the things I love seeing about South Australia is that the government there is is having a very clear idea about well, we want to be the hub for space, mm-hmm. and there's there's very good. Uh, environmental and geographical reasons why that that is the case, and and they're they're going after it, and they're, and they're putting the money where their mouth is, saying we we want to be the space startup place, mm-hmm. and they're going to make it happen. I think so. Uh, yeah. That's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from your perspective, especially with the the time looking looking over it. What's the unpopular opinion that that you've developed over the time about the ecosystem? Mm. Interesting that you, that uh, one of the things that you just mentioned is the role of government, and and it's it's uh, absolutely something that that is critical to to kickstarting some of this. But I guess the unpopular side of this, and uh, if I go back now to thinking around when um, the entrepreneurial ecosystem conversation really became a community conversation and not just an activity of a few people. Uh, which was around that kind of uh, early 2010s uh, time, uh, the the opinion of, of uh, the entrepreneurial community at that time was government back off, government get out of our way. And, and to some extent that that is probably true. And I think it's really important for uh, whether it be government or industry or entrepreneurs or technologists or universities uh, to really be aware that everyone has their part to play. So the the unpopular opinion is it's not just down to the entrepreneurs. It is about building that community and uh, how we uh, fire off of, of each other, how we contribute to the gain of each other, and ultimately how we actually lift the whole performance. And that, from a, a, an individual company's view, is not what they do. They're there to grow their company and they, they need to focus on that. But at the same time, there is this sense of ecosystem around this, that they are connected dots and uh, we each have a role to play and we each have, uh, have something to contribute to that ecosystem outcome. 
I absolutely could not agree with that more. I, I love that. It's it's every person on the bus needs to know what value they're delivering, but also knows that they're not the bus. <laughs> there's many people, there's many players, and, and and the old saying of it takes a village to make a startup, it's it's that kind of mentality of like the entrepreneur is important, 100%. It's, it's, mm-hmm. That's the ignition source often where it's like, well, actually you need the first followers, you need the early adopters then, and, mm-hmm. and that starts to build out that. And, and you need support from all sorts of different places. I, I yeah, fully agree. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what about what about the improvement? Like, there's definitely that piece around, you know, getting more of the players on board and, and getting them to understand their role in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But, but is there anything else that, that you think is a big area for improvement that, that we should be investing in that we're not? Well, being an educator, I think I would actually take that back to education. I do think there is um, a stronger role to play for uh, for awareness of entrepreneurship as a potential career opportunity. Now, I, I think there's something quite nuanced about that too, because I don't think uh, uh, an entrepreneurial career is necessarily for every person either. And I don't mean that that it's a particular type of person that can undertake this necessarily. I, I think that that anyone can position themselves to be an entrepreneur. But the key to this is that uh, the awareness that you're not likely to be doing this alone is the key area that we need to need to improve upon uh, through our education system. It's not an identification of the smart individuals, but it is an indicator. But it is a, a, a development of uh, that teaming capability. And if you have a goal, if you have an ambition to start a, start a venture, it is not a venture of your of your own making. It is an a venture is a venture where you bring others into it and actually make something more of it. So if there's anything uh, uh, that I would want to see invested for improvement, it is really uh, uh, embedding that idea of a startup as team, start the entrepreneur as team rather than individual. And uh, the ambition of team is what really drives and supports the growth of a venture. Thinking about from from the university's perspective uh, in particular, what role do, do you think that they've kind of done in the past, and and what do you think that ideally their their seat on the bus? What what's what's their seat on the bus, um, and and how do they do that better? Okay, there's a couple of roles they play. There is the straight education side of things. And it's not only a business degree, it is any degree with inside the university because entrepreneurship can start from any discipline. It's not just a business discipline. So uh, I think the role of the universities in, in that sense is to make people aware uh, as they're progressing through, say, if they're doing engineering or medical science or whatever it is, to make them aware that there, there is a pathway for entrepreneurship and that entrepreneurship is a positive contributor to the d- development of our communities. It is also potentially a negative contributor, <laughs> so, and which is why we need to actually be careful and thinking about uh, uh, exactly what is the, the business we're growing, what is the market and what is the implications of, the, of these markets. So we certainly need an ethical lens put on, put on uh, an ethical and moral lens put on to our decisions that we actually make around entrepreneurship. And I think the universities have a key role to play in educating those who are coming through who potentially could 
be starting businesses into the future. And as I say, that's not just from the business community, but it's across the university. So I think that's an important play. But they also play some other things because having educated people in this space and as an educating function within society, there's also the opportunity to provide those safe places through which people can grow or grow their entrepreneurial ventures. And, you know, universities um, often have incubators, uh, accelerators, or those types of programs sitting within them. It, it is not purely an education function, but it is a um, add-on to the university experience. Not to say it doesn't perform an education function. Once you're in these, you are certainly learning at the same time. But it isn't like a, it's necessarily a degree qualification that you're getting. It's a different kind of real real life learning that you're getting. But it also gives you a, a safe and low cost environment to try some things, be supported, and actually graduate, if you like, into a growth venture from a university. So it's a stepping stone role as well. So there's a foundational educational platform, if you like, but also the stepping stone. Otherwise, you do the educational thing, students are out on their own and they're taking all the risk on their own as well. And I think the universities can actually play a, play a role in getting people started and reducing the risk so they can take those first steps. Yep, I, I totally agree. And and so when you're talking to you know your your students uh, and and I'm I'm sure you get this question a lot. I know I do. It's you know they've they've got an idea and and they're they're budding and and they've spoken to some people and and they're wanting to kind of give it a crack. What's the one thing if if you only had them for for an elevator trip what would be the biggest thing that you could say focus on don't forget about this or focus on this and that'll improve your chances of winning and and success Ooh, that, that's like any business venture. The success of the uh, the success of the business is not just down to one thing. So that, that's that's a harder harder question to, to or a harder thing to define in terms of one thing, because I, I think it actually changes too. If uh, if at the early stage the very one thing you need to focus on is is what is the value you're actually providing to a customer. So you really need to need to learn how to walk in other people's shoes, how to understand the customer and actually uh, um, almost be able to anticipate uh, what the customer will want. And that means you have to be able to adopt, uh, readily adopt different perspectives and being open to different perspectives. Your idea may not be the one that the customer actually wants. That doesn't mean the idea is bad, it just means it needs shaping. Uh, to actually maximise the, the market opportunity, so that is the first, very first point. If assuming it's an earlier uh, venture, but I'd have to fast back that up to say, but just knowing your customer and knowing what they want is not enough. If you want an entrepreneurial venture, you've really got to understand how you uh, differentiate and how you acquire and move into a market space which is not so much uncontested, but an area within which you can grow and uh, maintain the edge in that in that particular segment. Otherwise, you end up with a small business in a very highly competitive market. So you've got to really find first the market and understand really that, that, that customer definition and the requirements and the needs. And that's in the early piece. But then you also need to 
rapidly step into the second phase of this is to really understand, do I have the capabilities that, that are, are built into this venture, which are going to give it its long-term growth opportunity? Th those two things together is my one answer. <laughs> I mean, it's a great answer. I, I, I'd firmly get behind that answer as well. Uh, thank you so much um, for all your insights. I'm, I'm just wondering, when, when you reflect on all these kinds of questions and and the startup ecosystem and entrepreneurship as a, as a topic and, and the whole community. Is, is there anything else that you think is, is worth putting on the, on the public record that, that you, you want to be uh, the, the next generation to hear and, and the rest of the ecosystem to hear? Mm -hmm. I, I guess for that, I, I would actually, um, Alex, just start to think about the research work that I do because uh, I, I am very much interested in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And one of the, the cautionary notes uh, I think I would uh, hi like to highlight is that when we think about entrepreneurial ecosystems, it, it doesn't take long for, for Silicon Valley to come up or the Israel experience to come up or the uh, or Boston area to come up. Um, those kind of um, uh, iconic ecosystems uh, are fantastic. And they each have their own histories. They each have their own uh, government and institutional settings. They each have their own populations. They each have their own uh, university sectors. And none of those are Australia's. So, so my point being that on, entrepreneurial ecosystems are not the same everywhere. We really need to think about how we create the functioning of, a, of an on, entrepreneurial ecosystem with the actors, with the elements, with the, the ingredients that we have and how we can actually put that together in a way that delivers the best entrepreneurship outcome. So my cautionary note is uh, whilst we can learn a lot from, from others, we have those lessons are only informing uh, um, the kind of actions that we take, but we are unique in the way we do things and just like a business should be unique, I think our ecosystems should also reflect the uniqueness of who we are. I hope you enjoyed that interview. More interviews are on the way. Follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now. Stay tuned for more interviews with many, many more amazing people from the Australian startup ecosystem. Thanks for listening and see you next time.